0: Hello and welcome to Wrestling University, um, I'm joined as always by Dr. Tom and first of all I want to thank Tom for his patience, we've had not one but two technical difficulties to to kick off this morning but we're here now, the show must go on and Tom I want to ask you about choosing moves, um, I, you know we spoke about I'm, I've always thought for myself that's something I can maybe work on because I've always felt I've been strong in some areas but well, one of the areas that I feel like I need a bit of work is that I feel like I need a bit more of an interesting move set. And in lockdown, I've been bulking up, I've been lifting heavy, I've put on about 60 pounds, and I'm thinking, now because I'm heavier, should I be doing some more power moves or or not? I'm looking for a bit of guidance, and I'm just wondering from a trainer's perspective, when it comes to putting a move set together for your students, what is your approach?
1: My approach is this it's not how many moves you can do. It's how you do the moves you do. And never in my one time or or never one time in my, my years of training or listening or watching wrestling, have I ever heard anyone walk out of the arena and say, boy, uh, John Cena sure did put on one heck of an arm bar tonight or boy, John Cena, uh, sure did do a great hammer lock. Uh, or the power moves. And I know what you're talking about. But but it's not so much. And let me stress this too. Wrestling is purely an opinion. And everyone's entitled to theirs. But this is what I have found. Throughout the years. It's not always about the moves. It is about the delivery. It is about the, uh, uh, the part in between everything you do in the ring. Um, why is it... Some people can deliver a, a spine buster, but it's Arn Anderson who gets all the credit. Uh, not all the credit, but most of the credit. Let me say that. Because Arn did it in such a way where he's remembered for it. And that's what you have to look at. I tell guys this. Have at least five, the most eight moves that you can do well and you know you can do well. Uh, And by that meaning, you protect yourself and protect the guy you're working with. And it looks great. Um, Find people that you want to uh, pattern yourself after. Uh, When you look at a big guy, a lot of people said the ultimate warrior. None of us suggest wrestling or working like the ultimate warrior. At the same time, we do suggest having the intensity, having the intent, understanding that he had this charisma and this ability to get everyone emotionally invested when he came to the ring. um, And then when he got in the ring, he was not ever going to give you any uh, technical wizardry or technical wrestling. That's not what it's about. And it's not necessarily about having a great moveset. Uh, It's about having a moveset you can perform that looks great um, a simple body, uh, power slam or a simple uh, uh, rock bottom, which which it was called a. Uh, no, I can't even think of it now. <laughs> Whatever rocks, uh, made, made, when Rock did it, he named it the Rock Bottom. Yeah, but there were other people doing the move. I, I don't remember what, the, what the T did it as the uh,
0: it, as the bookend. It was I think he did it after the Rock, but there were there were a few people doing it. Yeah,
1: right. Okay, so th- they had um, there, there's. I don't know if there's anything brand new in wrestling, and I know you're just talking about maybe adding something to your moveset or anyone thinking about adding something to their move moveset. Um, I would suggest watching someone of your body type or someone that you admire and respect and taking something from them, whether let's just say, let's simplify this. Let's say a leg drop. Yeah. Yeah, let's simplify it. What makes their leg drop different than you? And how can you make your leg drop different than them? A lot of people dropped a leg. The only guy I think who really made it famous for a finish was the Hulkster. Yeah. So it's a simple move. In other words, he didn't have to add moves to his moveset once he got to WWE. All he had to do were the things that got him over, and that being what he felt comfortable doing and worked on and worked with guys who understood and knew how to sell what he was doing to them. That's another key element of this. You could do some great moves, but if the, the guy you're working with doesn't know how to sell it, it doesn't mean anything. So if all you're doing is moves and just concentrating on doing the moves, that's how it's going to come across. Davy Boy had a great uh, power Slam. Yeah, uh, he had some great power moves, but it was also the in between, and it may not be so obvious. But go back and watch, just for anyone, go back and watch any David Boy Smith, any uh, Dynamite Kid moves or matches, and look at the the uh, moments in between the moves and in between the spots. That's what makes up the match. It's not to have a Coronas and two pays or the hurricanes and topes. It doesn't matter because I say it the same or say it differently, but it's, it's all the same because if they're just moves, they're just moved. But if you do it with some uh, uh, flavor on it, you talked about salt and pepper on it, that's what's going to stand out and make it different. So, yes, a lot of us could probably add to our move set, but... It doesn't have to be overly complicated and overly sensational. It's what you do and how you do it that makes it overly sensational. It, and that's it, what I think.
0: It's interesting Go you ahead. mention that. I was just going to add two things. Well, maybe a few things from my own personal experience. And and one was I remember, honestly, one of the strangest pops that I've ever heard from a crowd. I was watching, um, the, I think I was maybe a year in the business and I went to see TNA live. And Bobby Lashley got <clears throat> one of the the loudest, it was like, a, it wasn't a regular, eh, it was like amazement. And it was on a leapfrog. But his leapfrog, it felt like he was going to take off and leave the building. No one had ever seen a guy that size hit a leapfrog that athletically. And there, I was like, oh my God, he just became, you know, the, he, he owned the room with a leapfrog. And in that moment, I was like, wow, you really, get, if you can pick the thing that you do well, you can get really anything over if you do it spectacularly. Another, ex- sorry, you were going to say something, Tom. No, go right ahead. I was going Uh-oh. to say another another example is, um, you know, there's the dropkick. Like, the, I've seen people like Okada in New Japan, Red Titus in Ring of Honor uses it as a finish. There are certain people that a dropkick is just a move to some people, but to others it can be a finish. There's... um. Tyler Bate in NXT UK, when he throws a punch, the other guy, you know, we see a lot of punches in wrestling where it can be like, punch, 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 and then, you know, whip the guy off the ropes. But what Tyler Bate does is he'll do like a punch and the guy will be on the ground after it. And you go, oh, that, yeah. And so I think what you're saying there about selling what happens after is so important as well. And for the last thing from my own experience was I I started doing... I, I I was always super confident in my character stuff but I I never really did anything in ring that was like whoa people thought that spectacular I always just tried to be like a solid worker but last year uh, I, well I've been doing it for a few years I started doing the double follow slam where I'll follow away slam two people at the same time and I st- that was the first thing I think I did that people were like whoa that's that's pretty impressive but what I noticed is I would I tried hitting it You know, maybe midway through the match, if because this is when I was doing tag matches, and then I would sell afterwards and then I would go for the cover or whatever, but then there were times where if I put it right at the end of the match and I made it the last big thing that I did, and then I would like nip up from it and like have this fire afterwards, my reaction to it and my selling of it always got more of a pop than the actual move itself. And then when I heard that, I started watching wrestling more intently and I was like, actually... These guys are getting a louder reaction from what they do after the move than the move itself. Could you shed some light on that? Is that is that a common thing, or is it? Is, have you got any thoughts yeah. on that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is a common thing. It actually is a common thing for great workers. Anything can be a finish if it's done correctly. Have you ever seen Ricky Morton throw a dropkick? kick? Uh,
0: I I have. Yes, I can't right. I can't think of it to memory right at the second, oh, but oh, but oh, I, I will have done. Yeah.
1: Okay, Ricky Morton throws. Um, don't get me wrong; it, it's it's a great drop kick because when they throw, when the Rock and Roll Express threw the double drop kick,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, sometimes that was a high spot prior to, but then it became a finish. But Ricky doesn't throw the prettiest drop kick in the world, uh, but they won matches with it. Um, you, you, Brad Armstrong used to use a Russian leg sweep as a finish because the guys knew how to sell it it would it was designated this is brad's finish when he hits you with it you're going to sell um i don't want to go off too far on off topic but but real quick we watched something this weekend called friday night in coliseum and it's a story about stan stasiak uh, and his heart punch back in the 70s and stan is on a promo they tell a story And he comes into the area and he beats people for about two months. And then you bring back a guy like Johnny Valentine, who was the top heel there for years. But now you have this big, bad Stan Stasiak as the top heel who's destroying people by punching them in the heart. And everybody he he hit with this move would sell and get it over. So Valentine comes back and they have a guy come on the interview and say, hey, look. This should be banned. It's illegal. And Stasiak comes up. His defense is, it's above the waist. I hit with the palm of my hand. And Stasiak, uh, uh, Nick Kozak says, no, it's with the fist. And anyway, Stasiak, Lays out Kozak on the interview. Then Valentine's watching. He comes on. And Stasiak's saying, it's legal. It's above the waist. You hit me right here. I hit you right here. This is where I hit. It's above the waist. I go here. And I hit right here. And he's pointing to his heart. And Valentine's watching, watching. And all the time, all of a sudden, Valentine hits Stasiak with his own move. They kept calling it a hold. It's not a hold. It's a strike. But it, Valentine hits Stasiak with the heart punch. And Stasiak goes down and sells this. Big event that happened to him, this big move, Valentine did it, gave him a taste of his own medicine. So Stasiak puts a move over, and it's a simple punch. It's a simple story. We get too complicated a lot of times and try to say, I've got to have five moves in my moveset. I've got to go off the top rope with an elbow. I've got to uh, hit with a moonsault. Okay, I get it. But if we come back to less is more, I, I know that's an overused term, and it's really misunderstood. Teddy Hart told me years ago, he says, no, more is more than I saw him two years ago. And Teddy said, do you remember when I when you told me I was 18 years old, you told me less is more? I said, yes, he goes, now I know what you mean. But he's, he's in his 40s now. And of course now he knows what he means. He's learned, he's, he's gone through the experiences. It's not about how many moves you could do. It's about how you do the moves you can do and how effectively they're sold registered and they get over it's repetition, repetition, repetition. So if the people don't know who you are, when Bobby Lashley did that simple leapfrog, a simple leapfrog, it's because he is such a monster. It is out of place for him to do it. But he did it so, so, um, so much in a special moment where it wasn't even deemed special. He made it special by doing it, looking the way he does Presentation and then then um, applying it and and actually uh, following through with doing the move. So, yeah, I, I truly believe it's how you do your moves, and and you really don't need to have more than five. Uh, you know, a lot of people condemn John Cena because they said he had only five moves. Well, I contend that that's all he needed because it wasn't just five moves. If you look at John Cena, he, yeah, right. He, but, but he had gone, he carried the company for 10 years. He was the man for over 10 years, day in day out, everything John Cena did in the ring as well as outside the ring counted from the minute he woke up from the minute he went to bed, and that wasn't a whole lot of time. So he wore the suit. He, he was the part. He wasn't playing a part. He was professional. He was on time. He did what he had to do in the ring, and he knew how to do it. It took years to get there, but that's what I think everyone should strive for, not necessarily adding uh, a, a, an extra power move to my move set is maybe looking at what you're doing now, studying some old matches or some people that might yeah. uh, catch your eye, and then take from this, take from that, and say, golly, and envision it. Talk about, you know, envisioning your your moves, envisioning your matches. And, and trying to figure out, if you have this opportunity, to, to see who you could do it with and the guys who could sell it the best for you. yeah, um, that, That's another key element. Like I said, he, you know, Shawn Michaels was selling for Hulk Hogan during their match, taking these crazy bumps, yeah. and that was intentional. That was yeah. purely intentional. He could have gone the other way and made it look like a million bucks, and, and they would have, I don't know what they would have done, but but it was just that, you know, you have to have the attitude and the mindset to go into it like that. So,
0: so I, I was going to ask if this would kind of fall into that category, because I've heard stories about the mandible claw, which was a move way back in the day. Jim Cornette suggests it for uh, Mankind. He uses it, gets over like Rover, and then it's gone for a long time, and then it comes back again and becomes super over with The Fiend. Is it a, Do you think it's just a case of having the courage to pick something that got over back then? Because honestly, I'm looking at the. I, I watched that Stan Stasiak heart punch while, while we were talking there, and I thought to myself, I was like, So I might steal that, you know, like. Yeah. But you're right. It came down to how the opponent sold it. Whereas if he just sold it like a punch, it's just a punch. But he was clutching his chest like he was dying, dropped to the mat, you know.
1: Watch. the. It's a short film by Jeff Winningham. It's black and white. It's from 1972. Uh, It's called Friday Night in the Coliseum. 40 minutes at the most. Staceyette goes on the promo and brings a chart. A, uh, a medical, uh, uh, an, an anatomy of the, the human body. He's going, this ventricle, when I hit it, goes out like, he's talking gibberish. But it, 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 it he's making it sound like, and he's showing how it cuts off the, the blood to the heart. Ox Baker used the heart punch, and two guys, Ray Gunkel and uh, Raymond... Uh, uh, Torres I believe it was uh, died after the match it wasn't because of the heart punch it was because it had high blood pressure it was out of shape They're, we didn't know anything about cholesterol back then but they um, uh, said it was because of Ox's heart punch and you know so everywhere he went Ox has killed two men in the wrestling ring Stasiak's neck is going to kill two guys in the ring so it's all old school ballyhoo and, and hype but people have stole the heart punch but the key is uh back then when you came into a territory with that kind of move the booker or the owner whoever was calling shots let everybody know this is our top heel and he has this move and we're going to get it over and we need you guys to get it over and uh there's cooperation there so yeah the mandible clause the same thing and i'm sure i i i don't know for a fact but i'm i would bet that Mick gave his blessing to uh, Bray Wyatt to use it. And and why not? He, he's the same type character and hadn't been around for a while. Um, just like uh, I saw the jaw claw. I saw that in 1970 with a spoiler using it in Houston, Texas. They called it the Singapore jaw claw. So it's been around for a while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that I don't know if there is anything new or original Uh, Any more originality is highly overrated, but at the same time, you can certainly make uh, what's old new again if you know how to tweak it. And I think sometimes it's just leaning over a little bit while you're playing the guitar brings a different sound to it than just standing up straight. Walking to the ring a different way is a sure different uh, uh, sign of what you're doing instead of just walking in the ring and standing like you don't know what you're doing. It's all in perception, confidence, and the courage to do it.
0: Well, let's say that you've got a a new trainee who's putting together a moveset for the first time. Do you have any thoughts about what their approach should be?
1: Yes. Keep it simple. Don't try anything crazy right now. Get your basics and foundation under you first. If I can see you do a head, grab a headlock. And I see you take someone – and, and I, man, I'm so glad you asked me this because I just have another example that I don't dwell on it. But I had a kid who was with me uh, – it's been over a year. Left, had to go back home. Not bad. Not bad at all. Small. But, but he couldn't move. And I saw that when he left. He came back just last week uh, on a Tuesday. And he hadn't been in the ring in maybe eight months. But he got back – he got in the ring – tuesday afternoon with us and i'll be damned um it's the little things that i preach and harp on that i saw carrie morton by the way do this weekend in north carolina one of the shows and i explained to everybody i hate to i hate to go on somebody go on somewhere and say i want to put this kid over because then why don't you put me over well it's not that it's just i had to put him over because he paid attention to the little things they screwed up a spot out of a hip toss. The kid missed it completely. Carrie just grabbed his arm, started twisting. Second nature. If you can have the basics now, and this kid that came to us last week had he, it looked like he hadn't missed a step. And look, in fact, it looked as though he had been studying. It looked as though his facials, his head up. I didn't have to say keep your head up. I didn't have to say sell. I didn't have to say move your arm, move your leg. I didn't have to tell him to don't just lay there and be dead tell me a story with the simplest subtlest movements and that's what i would say if you're first building a moveset make sure you can do everything that i've already demonstrated to you or shown you or or taught you coached you however you want to word it because if you can't do this uh, we ain't going to trust you with that yet. I don't want you doing a to have a corona outside the ring or a, yeah. <laughs> or a dive outside the ring yet, or a big power slam with somebody you're not sure about yet. So that's what I would suggest for somebody just starting out.
0: So we've got that for, for people starting out. What about people that are on that next level where it's like, okay, we need a – so for example, let's say if you were in a mass situation – get back from a TV match. And this has actually happened to me in a company where I used, uh, um, I now use a, vo- a variation of the fall away slam where I kind of go over with them. So it looks like a bit more of a driver than just the slam. But I remember I was in a major organization, hit that for the finish and the, the booker just went that, listen, if you want to be a top guy around here, that's not going to cut it as a finish what what would your advice be for me in that so this is going back years but what would your advice be in that situation where someone said that how do i go about choosing what i'm going to do
1: uh sometimes they might be saying that because they don't think you're ready for that yet but have you found new success with it since
0: um i th- yeah i mean i think it looks because it looks i just for it's hard. It's a no, hard question to answer. It's no, no, no. Let question. me
1: let me explain. Let me explain a little further. In other words, the more experience you get under your belt. Uh-oh. Okay, let me preface it by like like this. Uh, we had a guy who was going to have his first match. He looks great in the gym. Looks great. Um, and I laid it out for him, and then we were going to send him to a TV in West Tennessee. And he says, "I got to make sure I get my signature move in."
0: <laughs>
1: okay. You don't have a signature move yet and um you may be at this point with that company you may have been moving too fast in their eyes that you yeah. you know you got this and you're excited and you're really biting at the bit chomping at the bit And i totally understand that and i if they have any experience in the business they understand it too yeah. but they were trying to say whoa whoa wait wait, wait, we're just going to, you're not ready to do that big move yet. So we're going to tell you, if you ever want to be a top guy, and that's not what he means. A lot of times people will say that and, and not necessarily understanding that what they're really doing is seeing how you react to that. Because somebody tells you, you never know, be a top guy. Yeah. Watch me. That's what you say, because yeah. you've got the size, you've got the ability ability to do that. And a lot of people, Uh, are going to give you as much grief as you can. And if you can't handle the guys on this level, that's why I tell the guys here. If you can't handle me yelling or screaming or saying ridiculous things here, just wait, you get here. You you might as well stop right now because if you're going to go cry in the bathroom, no, dude, this is not. So it's the entertainment business. But don't get discouraged. You know in your heart. And this is what I have to tell people too. You have to develop a sensibility and an instinct where you know what you can do, and you got to believe. So many people are going to tell you you can't, you shouldn't, you never will. You got to believe in yourself. You have to have that performer's ego. I, I, I saw a deal with uh, Brady, Tom Brady, the other day. He was the last
0: one to get drafted. My God, how many Super Bowls is he? Yeah, had? it's true. You know, so so. he's really he's someone that i I don't follow american football but he's someone that i do look to because actually if you look at the amount that this has inspired me directly sorry this is off topic but i actually recently because i've put on all this size i've been lifting so heavy and you know the strength's been going way up but i wasn't putting effort into recovery or warm-up and but if you look at tom brady he he invests hundreds of thousands in making sure he's getting all this these different types of recovery perfect nutrition all this stuff to elongate his career and i thought to myself you know If I want to be a top-level athlete, obviously I don't have hundreds of thousands, but now I've, um, DDPY have given me a a subscription that's, you know, I can't wait to try that out. I've got a physio coming once a week now. I've got, you know, meal plans coming in the post because I was like, look, if I want to be a top-level athlete, I need to train like one and recover like one. But to come back to what you were saying real quick with the follow-up slam, it's interesting that I think what you're saying, I've never really thought about it that way, but when I, I was told that years ago, I probably didn't have the experience to know, oh, well, maybe I just need to put this little twist on it or sell it this way or tell my opponent to do this. Whereas now what I do is I twist into it and I tell my opponent to sell it like they've you know, like it's it's a finish. And it's I remember the first time I hit it in Ring of Honor, Colt Cabana was on commentary and he was like, I've never seen that before. It's like a follow power slam. And then I thought well, maybe there's my answer right there. Maybe I've, now that I have more experience, I've just used that intuition to adapt it. Maybe you can make a simple move, something like that. Maybe. maybe.
1: No doubt in my mind, you can make a simple move look devastating if the yeah. guy sells it. Yeah.
0: Yes. I remember I wrestled um, Pete Dunn, who is genuinely like, I would say there's, there's, you know, as a wrestler, and you'll probably feel this way, Tom, that you'll you'll have five, ten opponents that you just think they were all just next level. They were next level, and I've 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 been lucky enough to wrestle a, a few of those. I remember I felt that when I wrestled Kurt Angle. I felt that when I wrestled um, Del Rio. I felt that when I wrestled Drew. There's there's you know just like those top tier opponents that you're going, wow, they're next level. And I will say, I genuinely felt that with pete dunn i felt that pete dunn really understood the modern wrestling but with classic fundamentals and what he would do is he would have a simple forearm but because of the way that it needed to be sold it would it wouldn't just be a forearm i remember i'd be forearming him and then the way that his forearm goes it looks like i've just been knocked through a building you know and it's like right. he just got it he understood it and i'll tell you what he is his strikes look devastating, but for any um, workers or trainees listening to this, Pete Dunn is a great opponent, and the reason is his strikes look like they're killing you, and they're just, they're, he's one of the safest workers I've ever been in there with.
1: Right, and the only way you're gonna get better is uh, to work with those guys, and work yeah. with guys better than you, and, and, and to get that to happen, uh, again, I have to stress, um, what we do in the ring is that that much of the business, and uh, if they don't like you and they don't want to work with you, uh, then they're not going to. So you have to you have to learn how to get along with them too, and yeah. you have to learn how to get yourself in that position to position yourself where you want to be. Yeah. And uh, all the guys you mentioned especially drew talk about a guy who went back and just reorganized and started over and, and, and got a mindset and, uh, continued working on it. All the things you talked about from nutrition to recovery, to, to, to making it a point to get better, not just talking about it, but I mean, actually doing the actions and, uh, so that, that, there's a lot of work into it. That's why we, when we say whatever it takes, people go, oh, my God, I, got, I don't have that kind of money, and I don't have that kind of time, and I've got to do all these other things first. I understand, but but you want to know what it takes. Yeah. Well, let's
0: lay it out one more time here. Well, I don't have the money. I don't have... Dude, I get it, but this is what it takes. Can I just Tom. add one thing, Tom? I, I like to call it with myself. It's this inner voice, and I call it the little lies. And it's the little lies that you tell yourself to go, oh, I don't need to track my calories today because it's, it's my cheat day. I don't need to track my calories because, you know, I've roughly, I, if I do that too much, then it'll just become obsessive. And, well, I don't need to work out. You know, five times a week because I need to recover. And you, what you do is you convince yourself it's like, well, no, I need downtime. I'll be and you do need downtime. But the those little lies in your head, you gotta be careful because it's so easy to convince yourself that you're justified by not doing the work. But I feel deep down, you know the truth, right? Well, some people do,
1: but some people are pretty good at fooling themselves <laughs> too. I mean, I I've, I've run into both types of people. I I, I have had. Uh, Experiences with both attitudes. I sure have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, here's one for you. Let, let's round off with this because I, I. Let's take a superplex as an example. So there are certain moves that used to be finishes. Like, you know, I'll look back and I'll see Shawn Michaels deliver a super kick. <laughs> And, you know, WrestleMania 24, the Sorry I Love You hits Ric Flair in the f- right in the face. And, you know, he is knocked out. Whereas now a super kick, it just feels like it could be a punch, you know. But there's there's yep. other moves which never seem to finish matches. But I think in terms of, like, psychology, surely a superplex could be a finish. Do you think a superplex could be a finish?
1: Well, a suplex used to be a finish. Anything yeah. can be a finish if, if it's done right. A guy named Scott Irwin had a mask called, and he called himself the Super Destroyer in the 80s, and he used Superplex as a finish. That was his finish. Um, it, it certainly can be used as a finish. It's just how the fans are conditioned and um, uh, what, what what they are told is a finish, and what they're told uh, week after week. So, by all means, it's if it's done to where. Uh, I, I was it Lesnar and Big Show where the ring collapsed. Yeah. They did. Was it superplex? It, superplex? Was, it, it was. Did. Yep. Okay. So that doesn't happen every time, but when it happens at one spectacular time, there's your moment. But then we go back to, to treating the superplex as just another move. So there's where I think consistency should come in as well. You, you can't have, uh, the figure four has lost its effect because guys were putting it on and nobody ever gave up, you know, yeah. when flair was using it at one time or buddy Rogers or Eddie Graham or some of the guys before, um, it was established when, when, if they put the, the hold on, you were going to give up, but now, or I don't know how often now, but it used to be guys who put it on the figure four for a high spot and man have no understanding of why or what they're doing. So, Yeah. A superplex, um, a side salto. Uh, if, if it's done correctly and people are educated that this is what happens when this happens, Dory Harley Race won the world championship with a suplex. His first time out, wow. it's amazing. Yeah, and it's on. It's on the internet too. If you Google or go to YouTube, Harley Race versus Dory Funk when Harley wins his, uh, it's in Kansas City. Harley Race wins his first NWA title. I believe it's the uh, might be just the last one, but he wins with a suplex. And and it's the most unamazing, boring, uh, non-finishing looking finish it ever. But the fact that Harley Race, who was known as a badass, who was known as a real deal, delivered it, it was different because he had built it as different. And people were educated to the fact that when a badass like Harley Race does this, of course it's a finish. But somebody else does it and they don't pin well then (laughs) you're not as tough as harley race that's that was the uh answer back in those days these days uh you know you almost need to take a gun to the ring to (laughs) to win because everybody is just throwing stuff out the window and it's a lost art selling and uh telling everybody what we're doing it's just nobody understands the, the simplicity that it really could be. But, but it's, it just goes with the way the world's going and where society has uh, changed and the way we look at things, I guess. I mean, that could be the only explanation I have. It's not an excuse, but... I think, um, I think one of the
0: big takeaways that I've taken from what you've been talking about and something I can certainly see in my own experiences before I put little to no thought, just from lack of experience, into how my opponent was going to sell the move. Whereas is i'm now starting to realize that is as critically important as anything else would that be fair to say uh,
1: yes and let me add to that real quick it would also be fair to say that it's how you deliver the news to him how to sell it it's a manipulation <laughs> yeah. part yeah, too yeah. because you then then instead of come say, hey this is what we got to sell man you better sell it like this so hey you know, it work if we sold it like this. And let me show you how, how to do it because it'd help us both out. And and it's learning how to yep. give the back and forth again. Yeah. That's that's what I would suggest.
0: Yeah, and that, that comes with experience because I've had situations yeah. where I, I won't say which match it was or which company it was, <laughs> but I had a situation where I was wrestling someone very high profile, came backstage and someone explained to me how I'd just completely buddied myself. Um, and it was like really simple and obvious when you lay it out like to give you an idea oh. i delivered about you know now again i'm, I'm not gonna get into it but I, I i was my hands were tied to a certain extent but i delivered about 10 5 10 strikes to my opponent which they didn't go down for then i you know i get taken out with one clothesline and they're half my size you know that sounds obvious but when you're new in you don't you don't know right
1: but, yeah, it's experience. You're just, just, just living and learning, and, and the only way you get experience is by failing and, and, and learning by that. If you never, if you never screw up, then you never know. But but you you learn from that obvious error. And and I don't. I've never met anyone who's. Uh, uh, ever, I've never met a perfect person yet. But but you learn from it and. Um, it, all the top guys have made mistakes to get where they're at. And that, that's how they know how to play the game. That's how they know how to uh, step a little better this time. So well, well, I heard, we, all, we all take those missteps.
0: So I was going to say, I heard a great phrase the other day, which was good decisions come from experience and expedience comes from bad decisions. Decision so I guess we all got to fall down from time to time. Of course. So where, where could people get you if they want to come train with you?
1: check out jpwrestlingacademy.com uh you can also get my book on that front page too there's a link right there as you open up and uh, we're gonna get this link clicked up and uh hooked up too i think absolutely. real real soon
0: absolutely yeah. all right thanks tom we'll see you next week thanks